Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, good to have you with us. Great to be with you, Dr. Paul. Good. And guess what I'd like to talk about? The Federal Reserve, <laughs> printing money, bankruptcy coming, difficulties in the market. But everything is okay because unemployment rates are low. So they've, they, the planners say, well, that, that's a good sign. So we can uh, bank on a uh, low unemployment rate and therefore we can raise interest rates a little bit after a lot of pressure from other people to raise interest rates and deal with uh, deal with the inflation but the one reason why i bring a subject up of the un unemployment rate is it is low <clears throat> but is it a market indicator is it really because we have a healthy economy or i would suggest it could it be because in the last year and a half or even more and even traditionally uh, people who uh, are in threat of unemployment or unemployed, they get a lot of subsidies, you know, from the government. So, <clears throat> and then people drop out of the workforce. So it, it, the low unemployment number, I don't think people should bank on it and see this as the one sign that we can hold our hat on because most of them are more worried and are recognizing that prices are going up. But this is, uh, this, this is something they have to be concerned about. The, but the, uh, the other reason why uh, unemployment might be low is that, uh, well, people, we hear the stories, uh, the, uh, the complications coming from COVID. And, you know, they're not wanting to work under all these rules and regulations. Uh, that's part of it. But the confusion in the marketplace is such where people who, uh, whose income has been going down, they say, what do you mean? Everybody, minimum wage is up. Everybody's getting more money. Yes, but not, not real wealth. They're getting more, more dollars. And uh, they may be taking this opportunity because there's confusion. And jobs are shifting. Some jobs are, you know, staying out of, uh, uh, out of the workplace. And therefore, they just think that this is a time to, to look around. So that would add to the unemployment. Otherwise, otherwise, what I'm saying is the unemployment number does look good, but I, I think that's a little bit of fiction. And they ought, to, they ought to stick with their concern, you know, about the inflation rate. And there, there certainly is a lot of things there, whether you look at the CPI or the PPI, or if you look at uh, uh, how much uh, uh, the average household lost last year in, in the increase in purchasing power or in, increasing cost of living, uh, it's been drastic. So, so wages uh, uh, and uh, the the the, uh, this, the people are worse off in the last year, and, and that's generally the case with inflation. So there's still a lot of problems there, but there's a lot of people chiming in, chiming in, telling uh, telling Powell what to do, and and Powell. Like all uh, chairmen of the Federal Reserve, they do respond. And uh, this week there was a little bit of that. And he was on again, off again about what he should do with the balance sheet and whether he should uh, uh, not buy so many uh, Treasury bills, uh, you know, to, to, to keep, uh, keep the market stable by keeping <laughs> interest rates at zero. So uh, I, think it, I think it's da dangerous where we live. And I think also the fact that we're, yesterday was a big, booming day and interest for the people who have invested in conventional, uh, uh, you know, uh, con conventional way with uh, stocks and, and bonds. And uh, the, the, uh, ho the whole thing is, is there's also today, there's a lot of uh, 
uh, of uh, options coming due, uh, $4.3 trillion option. And that's usually an exciting day. <clears throat> maybe it's a painful day. Maybe it's a really exciting and the people are going to make some money. But I think there's some nervous tension with that. But that's, uh, I imagine that comes mostly toward the end of the day. But we may still see a lot of fireworks today, maybe uh, right now. Uh, the activity on Wall Street is rather calm compared to yesterday, but who knows what the next hour may bring. Right, Dr. Paul, and uh, could you, can you believe that uh, they, they weren't being totally truthful with everyone when they said that inflation would be transitory? Uh, because Powell is now using different words. I found a quote from him, and he's now using the word entrenched. Now, that is quite different than transitory, and he said, quote, there's a real risk now, we believe, I believe, that inflation may be more persistent and that may be putting inflation expectations under pressure and that the risk of higher inflation becoming entrenched has increased. <laughs> wow, what a turnaround. Obviously, we're not surprised here. Uh, but, you know, Powell is saying without saying they, they don't know what they're doing and that's because they can't. No one can. They're really not much different than the average person who says, well, I don't know, it could be this or it could be that. The one difference that the Fed has over the average person is the Fed can counterfeit money. They can create money out of thin air. Nobody else is allowed to do that. And when you have that kind of power, you can do a lot of bad things with it. And, um, but prices, interest <laughs> rates are a price should be set in the marketplace. There shouldn't be a counterfeiter. It's unconstitutional. It, and prices should not be set by people sitting around a table deciding what interest rates should be. And this is not a personnel issue. It doesn't matter if it's a Volcker or a Greenspan or a Yellen Bernanke or Powell. All of them are creating an economic crisis. And the sooner that we get away from this idea of policy and go towards more reform, to sound money, the better. Very good. Uh, you know, the <clears throat> people are anxious to find, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> find the people, excuse me, <clears throat> the people who are <clears throat> responsible for this. And you've already mentioned that the Federal Reserve is ultimately the deliverer of, uh, of the inflation because they control the money supply and interest rates. But uh, it, it's, it's not quite that simple. I'm frequently stopped on the street by individuals who uh, will assume that I'm a Republican, I've been a Republican in the Congress, and that uh, they'll strike up a conversation. Well, what's this Biden doing? You know, Biden caused all this inflation. Of course, I can't defend Biden, but, but nevertheless, I usually uh, want to just clarify it a little bit. I said, you know, I think some of this stuff is is bipartisan. You, you know, I, I think the Republicans spend a lot of money. I think they printed a lot of money, too. I think they accumulated a lot of debt, too, when they were in office. So this is the whole thing. So it's not so simple to say that it's Biden. And, and Biden, like the, uh, like, like, and, and like Powell, it, they respond, you know, to a lot of people who are making noise, who are saying, you know, do this, do that. Deficits don't matter. They, they've all been brainwashed with uh, Keynesian economics. And now Marxist economics and the modern monetary theories. These kind of things are badgered around and they try, and they try to give justification to the politicians and the uh, Federal Reserve to do exactly what they're doing. But uh, the numbers don't look good. For instance, uh, it, uh, 
right, right now there's been an increase uh, a vote in the national debt limit, you know, just last week uh, from uh, by another two point five trillion dollars there. You know, they're supposed to have a debt limit. So the so the Congress realized, oh, we can't spend money there. The debt limit is stopping us. We're going to back off. Never happened. And then there's this weeks and weeks. And we heard it all summer and winter. We have to deal with Yellen would enter into it and say, you got to take care of it. Raise the debt limit. Da, 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 off on and, and on. And, uh, you know, Christmas is coming, vacation is coming, and they're getting tired of, tired of this argument. They all know that there's going to be no so-called bankruptcy of the kind that where you don't get a check. That, that's not going to happen. You, the people are going to get paid, uh, and they're going to get their uh, welfare checks and their Social Security checks. It's just that it's going to be less in purchasing power. Uh, so, but they wanted to raise the limit because it looks good, and the people have been saying, "I wonder who's going to win, win this political battle." Will Will the Republicans be able to stop this thing from raising the debt level? And uh, lo and behold, you know, uh, there was a little bit of pause there, and I think somebody uh, b- b- uh, on the Republican side got together with the Democratic side, and guess what? They had an agreement to to raise the national debt limit by $2.5 trillion. So they're good at it way into the next year. And even that, even that is just, I see that as all temporary because they have no idea what's, what can happen. I mean, they uh, for all the stupid things we're doing in our foreign policy, we could end up in a hot war. We might be sending uh, thousands of troops to Taiwan and we might be sending troops to Ukraine and who knows a lot more than we have <clears throat> and all of a sudden the expenses will change just look how quickly the the expenses have changed under with COVID which was not exactly uh, what they told us I think it was uh, exaggerated but immediately there was a lot of spending so this even this increase in the debt limit uh, that that was considered I don't know who they considered winning I think they think uh, uh, the Democrats won that because they got the Republicans to go along with it. But uh, it's, it's just, again, deceiving the people, deceiving themselves without ever mentioning the real problem. They know inflation is bad, the cost of living is going up, people's incomes are in real terms are going down, but they are not going to say ever a hint to it and say, you know what the problem is, Chris? We have to admit that the problem is that, uh, that, that we spend too much money, we run up the debt, and then we give that to the Federal Reserve. So, you know, it's, it's real easy for me and you to say, oh, it's the Federal Reserve's fault, which is true. If we didn't have it, they wouldn't do it. But they, too, act as a facilitator. The real problem is the uh, large majority of the American people who either don't think about it or just go along with it and say, well, this isn't the time to cut back. I mean, if you have COVID epidemic, are you going to cut back on anything? No, that's not going to happen. If you have somebody threatening us like Saddam Hussein did, I mean, he was about ready to drop bombs on us. You can't, you can't not spend more money. And so the lobbyists in the military industrial complex continue and the 
people who really suffer, and that's the middle class and the poor, because their cost of living goes up, and that's their their tax. So that's the uh, that's the problem. They don't want to talk about that. It, once that becomes the subject, that you can't do a thing unless you decide to spend less money and live within in our means. So we'll wait and see. We'll keep pre- preaching what we think is the gospel, and maybe someday. <laughs> Uh, our governments and our politicians will be forced to do it because they're going to run out of even the uh, uh, use of the Federal Reserve note because eventually, you know, the inflation will be so bad that they're going to have to come around for monetary reform. That's right. And we're, our job is to give people the opposite ideas of, uh, you know, what we've been suffering under. And, you know, America was intended and meant to be a land of individual liberty not rule by so-called experts. Well, we're suffering from a severe case of expertitis, you know, an inflammation of expert-created disasters. And if you look at the Federal Reserve, that is rule by experts. That's what that is. Uh, look at Fauci, CDC, rule by experts. And look how much they are wrong. I mean, it's almost constant. Almost everything they say turns out to be the exact opposite. But no matter what, they want to continue to do the wrong things. The Fed wants to continue to counterfeit dollars. The Fauci wants you to continue to get shots, boosters, yearly, monthly, more mass, more lot. It's just, just uh, you know, an endless cycle of doing the wrong things. Now, what does this mean? Does this mean that there is no such thing as experts? No, not at all. The problem comes with force. When experts try to force you to do things, you know, we're all forced to use Federal Reserve notes. How much different would our world look like if that force was removed and people could use whatever they want as money, as, you know, it always has been. Same thing with the injections. They're trying to force them. We know that perhaps half the people don't want them, but they try to force them. Genuine experts, real meritocracy experts, will give you advice, but will never try to force you to do anything. Well, America has gone down the wrong road of, you know, uh, almost worshiping these so-called experts, and it's leading us on a road to ruin. Good. I hope everybody heard that message uh, around the United States. But Chris, I'm uh, sorry to report to you, but we we have we're not addressing it to everybody. We're we're offering it to everybody, and eventually they'll have to do it. But people, uh, if if it on the if it doesn't immediately help them, whether it's a businessman or an individual, they're not much interested in that and, and applying sound economic policies and applying that and consistently defend liberty. That's not high on their agenda. But because this system is going to come apart, and that's what the Marxists would ha- like to have, it, because they're doing their best to do some very dumb things to make it even more chaotic. So uh, we're, in a way, uh, thinking in a similar way, because I think this system is coming apart, but I do everything I can to keep it from coming apart. But if it does, we have to have high on the agenda and offer the principles of liberty and sound economics for practical reasons, moral reasons, and constitutional reasons. The opposition, the, Mar- the cultural Marxists, they want chaos because they want to start all over again. And they, they are still with the original intent of, uh, uh, you know, Marx and Lenin, you know, uh, to have total, uh, total communism. But uh, 
so so as bad as it is, people have to realize that there's uh, the the only the only tool we really have uh, is, is is I don't think it's military. Some days you have to go to war to defend oneself, but it, it's it's really uh, getting people to understand what's in their best interest. So that to me is an educational matter. I want to go back a second to some of the things that should really be scaring people about how much debt there is. Uh, we know about our debt just went up to over. Th- will be the debt limit will be uh, well over 30 uh, 30 trillion dollars that's a lot of money and they and they just uh, renew, uh, increased it by 2.5 trillion dollars they think that's going to last a couple of years i think it's going to last maybe a couple of months that's what the real problem is is going to uh, going to be but corporate debt in the, this past year uh they've been offered free money they they uh they they get it essentially no rates of interest and if they have extra deposits they put it back in reserve and they earn interest and they have a better deal than anybody else but their their debt went up two trillion dollars because theoretically they have to pay that back these debts will be paid back but they're usually paid back with more inflation and then the cost of the uh paying back of this debt is is going to be the average person who has to be uh, very concerned about their cost of living increase, and that's once again is the middle class. That's why the middle class gets wiped out, and the sophisticated, the sophisticated people, like in the military-industrial complex and the banking system, they they do pretty well. It doesn't mean they're all going to do well because uh, it'll be chaotic, and and they they're vulnerable too. But uh, our government debt uh, in the last year, if you add it all up, uh, it was over five trillion dollars. And now they're adding on to it. So it, it's, it's hard to even comprehend this. But then if you think about this in a larger sense, uh, in the dollar reserve standard, you know, I think the world right, <coughs> right now, the other central bankers would find it very difficult and would not uh, intentionally crash the dollar and try to destroy the dollar. Too many people are dependent on it, and therefore, uh, this will continue. But in dollar debt around the world, that went up over $30 trillion because they're just printing. The whole world's doing the same thing. And if people say, yeah, but it's working, it's working, uh, people don't even have to go to work. They just stay at home and get checks, and they're doing fine. Well, they're kidding themselves. <clears throat> so this this is something we have to deal with, but it has to go back to the basics, I think, is too many people think it's in their best interest to have big government taking care of themselves and that deficits don't matter and therefore we should continue to do what we do and they're addicted to it so therefore we cannot wean ourselves off but we have all those smart people at the Federal Reserve and we have those smart people in the Congress they'll bail us out and everything will be okay in a couple months sure (laughs) yeah I doubt that I'll finish up Dr. Paul Uh, You know, this um, system, whatever we want to call it, this expert system that we're living under, the experts themselves uh, start to overestimate themselves and who they are and who everyone else is. And we see it. And you mentioned Marxism, Leninism. It's basically the same thing. I mean, we hear today, you will own nothing and be happy. I mean, in order to say that to the entire world, You've, you've really, uh, you know, have a warped vision of the world. But, you know, that you can expect that because they have the ability to create money. They can ba- basically buy off whoever they want, uh, buy any politician they want. So you tend to inflate yourself. 
but the world and the economy was not made by them. They didn't make it, and they're not going to remake it as a result. Tyranny only destroys. We see that. We're living through it, and only freedom builds, and we actually see that too. A good example, I read this headline, it's startling. Florida, in the third quarter, accounted for 33% of U.S. job growth. That one little state, 33% of job growth, and what is unique about Florida versus the rest of the states? The amount of freedom, that's it. And it's not a libertarian utopia there. You know, they're still a part of the United States. There's still lots of, uh, you know, unfree uh, things. But even a small amount of letting up on the restrictions and the mandates, it produces amazing things. And that's all we really care about is going in the right direction. Forget about libertarian utopia. Let's stop going down first. And Florida did that. They stopped going down the downward spiral. They're going up. And it would be nice if other states would imitate them. But they need people that want that. They need people that want uh, to reap the benefits of freedom. And uh, you know, we all have to do our part to, to, to speak out so that whatever state we live in can emulate that. Uh, Chris, you're mentioning Florida is a great example of uh, how you can work your way out of it to some degree. Uh, and and it's, it was the genius of the founders that did this, you know, make it competitive on the states. Just think if this, this was amplified and grew more, people would have more choices. And uh, people move now, you know, for school systems. Even lo locally they'll do that, but now they'll move from state to state. So uh, the healthy economy. And as long as we can do that, that's beneficial. Where, where it gets more difficult, I, I think when it's really bad, is when you, it's illegal to have the competition. And that's what, that's what some of the uh, people on the opposite side of this argument really want. They want to narrow it down and they want you to cancel you and lose your job if you don't do what you're told. But that's, that, that is bad. But for instance, in education, uh, can uh, are there other options? Yes, there are other options. You know, there are private schools and homeschoolings and uh, spe special things where there are more choices than pure government schools. And this COVID thing varied. Florida was different than uh, New York and other states. And that's evidence and people are starting to catch on. So this is all, you know, very good that, that this happens. But, it, but you have to have uh, legal competition. And uh, that, th that to me would solve a lot of problems. If it gets to the point, because that's the, the battle in the courts right now are going on where they, uh, you know, the federal government always wants to say the states can't do this, can't do that. Fortunately, there's been a few court rulings that ruled in favor of the states who are curtailing some of the federal mandates, which shouldn't even be a discussion because uh, the federal government shouldn't be doing this and the states should be dealing with most of these problems. So uh, I think that is a one thing is that legal, keeping legal competition, even though it is not a, an immediate total substitute, whether it's education or, or uh, moving your job around and moving around the country, but we just need more and more. And that is the reason that one term I like to use when I talk about the, uh, about the libertarian movement is it's a system of voluntarism. Everybody gets to voluntarily make their decision. 
You say, oh, isn't that the case? No, that is not the case. Every day we have less ability to make voluntary decisions. But just think if everybody could have voluntary decisions between all social activity, all economic activity, and that there would be a lot more voluntarism by the people of the various countries on whether or not they should, we should be shooting and killing each other. And that a voluntary foreign policy would mean that we would, most people in this country would still say, well, you, we shouldn't go to war without a declaration. And that would make it more voluntary that the people have to go along. So this is the whole principle of liberty. And uh, for a while, people can live off the wealth of the previous generations and, and sort of the conditions that have passed. And the conditions after World War II was that we survived the Depression. We ended up with the, uh, all the military power. We had economic power. And we had the weaponry, uh, the whole work. But we also, uh, you know, own the Federal Reserve and we own the uh, international banking system. And therefore, we took advantage of that. And we had a lot of wealth even developed with this fiction money. But that's coming to an end, and that is why I emphasize two principles. One, we should be dealing with the issue of liberty. At the same time, when it comes to economics, we ought to be dealing with the issue of sound money. And, uh, but people have to know about that, and they have to make a decision. Well, that makes more sense than what we're doing now, because most people are starting to talk about the Fed. What are they doing? And, and what are they doing on what are the medical uh, you know, experts from Washington doing to really help us sort this system out of the COVID problem? You know, it, it's the, the practicality of it will wake up a lot of people. And hopefully we can uh, contribute a little bit to this to draw attention to what a free society is like and why that is what we have to have to challenge this authoritarianism that we have been living with and a system that has been growing over the past several decades. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.